Welcome to Tales from the Tenacious Agents. Each week, we deliver the best tips and tricks to build your real estate business in today's market without breaking the bank. Now, here's your host, Andrea Curry. Well, thank you for joining us. And thank you to our guest speaker today, Rich Calzada, who is our sales and leasing manager, uh, the second sales and leasing manager for our office in Williamson County. Uh, Rich, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Good morning, first of all. And uh, I'm happy to be here, even though it's a big surprise. But uh, uh, that's actually a good thing to make sure everything's off the cuff, right? Right off the cuff. So I've been in real estate uh, six years officially here in Texas. Um, Before that, I've bought and sold homes uh, in California and New Mexico. And then and then uh, finally, I came to my uh, hope it's not soon, but my final resting place here in Texas. So I guess I'm doing something good because uh, I've been entrusted to be one of the sales and leasing managers. So I guess I know a little bit about what I'm doing. So, yep. You do. You do for sure. Well, today we want to talk about the uh, difficult conversation of interest rates and the rising interest rates and how do our agents talk about them without freaking everybody else out. Um, And uh, I invited Rich in today because he has a very uh, soothing and calming nature about him to be able to talk people um, off the wall, if you will, and uh, kind of give some people a peace of mind as well as knowledge um, of what interest rates used to be. So, uh, Rich, what, what, how do you talk to people um, that are concerned about the current interest rates? And by <laughs> people, I mean our clients. Yes, I got you. Um, well, first of all, I mean, it's, it's, uh, Real estate is kind of like uh, trying to hit a moving target right now because things are changing so fast and and they're going from one end of the pendulum to the other. And so um, I I really have to and and you have to do it calmly and 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 you have to actually uh, soothe clients because you have to let them know that, hey, listen, this is a normal market we're at. We're not. You know, uh, uh, when we had that, when we had all the COVID craze, when people were were spending, you know, having to offer fifty thousand over ask or a hundred thousand over ask, uh, uh, clients were the sellers were ecstatic, but the buyers were going, "How am I going to buy a house?" And now it's actually switched around a bit, and uh, and now the buyers are saying, "How am I going to buy a house?" The interest rates are, are you know, have zoomed up so crazy. But historically, interest rates aren't that crazy. It is a, it's a, it's actually a normal market for, for, uh, uh, for buyers. Uh, I remember the first house I ever bought; it was at twelve and three quarter percent, and I was happy to get that because they went right up to fourteen percent, up to sixteen percent interest rate. But you know what? People were still buying. People were still buying, and and uh, people are always going to buy a house. You just have to calm people down and educate them that, hey, listen, it's okay, it's all right. You can you can. Uh, uh, everybody has the has the saying now that that you marry the house and you date the rate. So uh, I can't tell you how many times I bought real high, 
and just waited. And then when the interest went interest rate went down, I refinanced and then I'm happy again, you know? So um, it's just a matter of education and letting people know that, Hey, it's okay. You don't have to jump off that ledge. We're okay. You can still buy a house. What do you tell? Um, so this switches over to the agent side of it. Cause I know a lot of agents or that I hear is, well, yeah, back then, the interest rates were that high, but the prices were much lower. So what do you, how do you uh, coach agents to get that information across to the clients? Right. Well, and you know, uh, technology is always changing and things are always changing. I mean, if, if uh, in, in, you know, in 1960, if you wanted to buy a car, you were paying $3,000 for a car. Uh, now the technology and everything else, cost of living, everything goes up. I mean, it's crazy. Same thing it is with homes. Uh, a home today is better built than the homes were uh, uh, back in the day. The technology is be- is much is it's much more advanced. So uh, yeah, houses are, are 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 more expensive now. But you know what? So are cars. So are bicycles. So are pots and pans. Uh, it's just, it's just the natural evolution of, of living, of, of the cost of living. So I kind of let them know that, you know, it is what it is. This is the life we have. And you just have to, you just have to kind of roll with the punches and know that, yeah, the homes are higher, but if, if you're looking to, if you're a cyclist and you're looking to buy a, a, a bike to do a marathon or whatever, people have no problem spending $2,000, $3,000 for a bike, Right. Uh, I mean, for, you know, it's just, this is it. This is, this is where we are and homes are, yes, they're more expensive, but you know what? Uh, uh, That's the way of the world. Things are getting more expensive. I mean, I remember my dad telling me that his first house he bought was $5,000. Yeah. Right. And so now guess what? It's not 1949. But you're also making like in uh, your income is considerably higher than it was in, you know, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s income, you know, regular folks, you know, you're getting out of the um, you're going out of college and you're going into almost immediately into a six figure paying job, which was unheard of back then. Right. So. that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, I remember paying two hundred and fifty dollars rent for an apartment, and now it's like you know fourteen hundred to sixteen hundred a month rent or whatever. And that which that's what ties into talking people off the ledge as well as as for buying because because now well what do you want to do? Do you want to spend thirty thousand dollars a year on rent, or would you rather put that money into a home that you own? And you get the tax benefits off of it. So that's the that's the the part of the calming effect, part of the part of the talking to people off the ledge, saying, "Listen, it, you're losing money if 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 you're not in the game. You got to at least get in the game." Yeah, yeah, and that's that's something to be said that our top one percent of um, you know our our world built wealth through real estate ownership. Right. It's that ownership that is the building blocks of building wealth um, in anywhere. 
Um, you have to own property in order like that. That is one of the things you you've got to start your ownership and you got to start it early. It's, you know, it's always, I think um, whenever I was in high school, people were, we would have people come in and talk to us about investing in mutual funds and, you know, investing your money into something versus just putting it in a bank and making a very tiny percentage. Um, so I, I think that would be something else that we talk about is, listen, this is something in order to build wealth for you and your family, not just a roof over your head, but it it's dependent on, you know, are you going to be able to build wealth in your lifetime? And, and you know, that's, that's a huge thing. If you're renting, you, you know, you what your payment is going to be for a year. And then obviously you find out that they're raising your rent and part of the security is actually owning land. Right. I mean, uh, if you go back to, to uh, uh, watch any of these movies that, that they're talking about, Hey, the land, the land is what, what is everything. You have to own land. And it's, it's true today. It's true today. You have to get in the game because you have to, even if it's maybe your first home, you know, you're not going to be, this, this isn't going to be your, your, your forever home, but you get in the game because even though uh, uh, if this isn't the home you, you, you want to be in forever, but in five to seven years, you're going to find out, hey, you know what? I've got some equity here. And it's usually going to be more equity than if you, you probably couldn't save that much yep. uh, in the year, in a year, if you just put that money in the bank. So uh, if you got to get in the game, if you got to buy that first house. Yep. And then you'd be, before you know it, you can buy another one. And before you know it, you can buy a, a, an investment house, a little rental, or, or you move out of your house and buy a new house and rent the house that, that, that you first bought. So, yep. uh, and that's how you build wealth. You're absolutely right, uh, Andrea. You have to, that's how you build wealth in real estate. Yep. Well, and, and you brought up a great point about, you know, your, your, in, uh, your monthly rent. In, in other words, your monthly expenses go up when you don't have that locked in rate, right? So if you're renting every year, you could be looking that looking up and going, okay, well, my rent is increasing by $50 or $100 a year or a month, which then you know translates to thousands of dollars that you're losing annually because that's what you're paying for your for your landlord to pay their mortgage. So when you look up and you go, oh, well, or I could buy this house. I know what my uh, monthly rent, like quote unquote rent will be for the next 30 years. It's going to be this dollar amount and it may go down, especially if you do, you know, a, um, a lower interest or I'm sorry, a lower uh, down payment amount that uh, requires you to have mortgage insurance in place. Once that mortgage insurance drops off, you look at actually lowering your monthly rent, if as it were. So your your monthly payments. So you know it's it's something to think about for sure. Yeah, you know I've never heard of anybody uh, who rents had their rent lowered. Uh, it, it always increases. It always increases. And how do you budget? I mean, if you're making your budget, 
and you say, okay, I can afford so much uh, uh, to go out to the to the movies and dinner because that's in my that's in my budget. And then next year you find out, oh, I have to pay a hundred bucks more. Well, okay, I guess maybe just the movies and not the dinner now or something, you know. So you have a constant. You have a constant uh, when you own, and so that's kind of the deal that 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 really helps it and and helps you build. Yeah, for sure. Well, I just want to say thank you so much, Rich, for taking the time to speak with me this morning. And um, yeah, we're, we're here to help our clients and our agents. There we go. All right. Thank you. Nice being with you. You've been listening to Tales from the Tenacious Agent. Be sure to visit and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you appreciate the show, jump over to iTunes and give us a review. It really does help us out. Join us again next time for more real estate business tips and tricks from industry pros. Thanks for listening.